Zechariah chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. Gather yourselves together, ye gather together, O nation, no desire. Before the decree break forth, before the day pass as a chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come unto you, seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness, it may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Also got another Psalms 104. You ain't got time to one. Psalms 105 and 4. It says, Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. And I got one more place. Amos, you can turn here. Amos 5, 4 through 15. It says, For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. But seek not Bethel, nor enter into Galagah, and pass not Bathsheba. For Gilgar shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall not shall come to naught. Seek the Lord, and ye shall live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph, and devour it. And there be none to quench it in Bethel, ye who turn judgment to wormwood and leave off righteousness in the in the earth. Seek him that maketh the seven stars in Orion and turn the shadows of death into, into the morning and maketh the day dark with night and calleth for the waters of the sea and forth them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. That strengthen the spoil against the strong, so that the spoil shall come against the fortress. They hate him that rebuke in the gate, and they arbor him that speaketh upon uprightly. For as much therefore as the trending is upon the poor, and ye take from him burdens of wheat, ye ye have built houses of hew stone, but ye shall not dwell in them. Ye have planted pleasant vineyards, that, but ye shall not drink wine of them. For I know you, your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins that afflict, but just they take a bribe, and they turn aside the port and the gate from thy right. Therefore the prudent shall keep silent in, in that time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, and ye may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, and shall be with you, and ye have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good, and establish judgment in the, in the gate. It may be that the Lord, God of hosts, will be glorious unto the remnant of jo Joseph. And that's all I have on that. I mean, talking telling us to seek the Lord no matter what comes our path, you know. And a lot of us, we might not do that, you know. We try to do things on our own, but to seek the Lord, he'll see us through everything. Amen. 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 Amen.
pretty good. She got some deep scripture there. That's, that was good. Uh, seek the Lord and live. I don't, I don't know how she can describe it. You, know, you, you can live on your own and die, or you can seek the Lord and live. You can't live without him. Not eternally. You can't even die eternally without him. You can't live eternally without him. Let's be spiritual. I want to share this thing. I sent it on Facebook. I've sent it to some people. And I sent it to Jeremy. And Jeremy got all excited on me and pretty much preached to me about it. <laughs> oh, man. But it was... Uh, in Second Chronicles and the Second Chronicles in the seventh chapter, it's talking about the. I'll just read it. The thirteenth verse it said, "If I shut up, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, and if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people." In the 14th verse, it says, "If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face." Just like John talked about. Seek him and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Mm-hmm. And that 13th verse, it says, If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. And this thing on Facebook, it, it was, it's got three different points where it says the Australian wildfires where the rain was held back. Mm-hmm. Where there's been all the wildfires in Australia and and then in Africa, there was a locust plague, and now we've got the coronavirus going on. And it says, there be no rain, or if I command the locust to devour the land, the locust in Africa, and if I send pestilence among my people. That's talking about if I send a disease epidemic or something among my people. And that's where it goes to where John talks about. My people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. That's where we, everybody needs to seek him with this disease going around. Mm-hmm. If we seek him, he'll and turn from our wicked ways. If everybody in this world would just seek him, he would, he'll hurt, heal our land. Amen. Or he'll, he'll uh, or I can't really talk today. I've had sinus problems and taking my voice again. Then we'll hear from heaven and we'll forgive their sin and heal their land. We just need to, like John said, we need to seek him. Amen. We can get that out to everybody. That would be the key. I thought that was good, though. All those points go together and it goes straight into we need to turn to the Lord for guidance through all the <coughs> well, It makes me think of what we discussed moments ago in there, you know. Pray, pray in the good, pray in the bad, pray when you need to make choices big or small, just pray, because he has the answers, because he's the all-knowing, we all know hardly nothing, we think we know everything, but we don't know nothing, he knows all, That's right. so let's just lean on him and pray, and trust in his decisions, not our own, amen. Because our decision could be the wrong decision. Well, um, why do you not, you know, have women's devotion? And Abby was talking about worrying. And I'm a worrier. 
I'll try to be better about it, but I do. I worry too much. And I try to, I'm trying to just let God just hand it over to him. Don't worry. He just, because I know he's got me. I know he's got me. I just got to let it go. But, um, you know, I was reading Psalm 91, and I guess when I was reading it, it kind of gave me peace. And it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome, noisome, pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. Therefore shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. So if we just let the let the Lord just come over us and protect us and just let him do what he does and not worry and not try to do it on our own, we're good. We don't need to worry. We don't need to worry about, I know... I worry about my grandparents. I worry about my parents because, you know, my mom, she does have an autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. And uh, she'll go out, and it'll take her about two months just to get over something simple. Mm -hmm. And I, I do. I worry about that, and I worry about my dad. You know, he has heart condition, and um, he's just not as young as fry as he used to be, and it takes him a while to get over stuff now. So I worry about him, and I worry about grandparents but I know that God has us that he I pray and I keep praying and uh, you know today was a weird day I'll be honest I, I feel weird this whole week's been weird for me I feel weird because I'm not teaching my kids and I'm not doing lesson plans I mean that's my ritual and I never had like like before we get out for the summer you know you just have that final feeling hey we're done I did my best but right now I'm just I don't feel it mm -hmm. and I don't like it mm -hmm. and I have a really heavy burden for my kids because yeah. I have several kids that they do not have a good home life at all and I worry about them and yeah. you know I feel bad for the seniors especially my old senior over there you know because it's weird they're not getting to do normal senior stuff and I know that's hard for them, and I actually teach seniors, so I feel for them too. And I just know God's in control of this, and we just need to give it over to Him and just let Him do His will. Because we can't do nothing. We're not supposed to do anything. We just need to pray and follow God. And so I'm being, trying to be better about it. I'm really praying. I, I went over to our other house today, and uh, I told Josh I sat down in our recliner because we got some of our furniture over there. And I just sat down, 
listen to the birds chirping. I don't know the last time I've ever done that. Mm-hmm. Just stop. And then I just had a little time with God. I don't know the last time I just really got to just stop. And I just felt so much peace today. Just peace. And I feel like all of us, I know most of us, we go, we go, we go, we go. And we just need to stop because we need to have God time. You got to have God time every day. Because if you don't, you're just letting more crack come open. And the devil's going to wedge yourself in. I'm preaching to myself right now about that because I'm really bad about that. Uh, I'm praying, you know, over these two and a half weeks, or it may be more, I don't know, that we just come together as families, spend more time with each other, you know, put away these devices, they get in the way, and we just need to, I don't know, get out our Bibles and spend more time with God. I, I feel like that's what we need to do. Because I feel like we can come out for the better. We just let God do it. That's all I got to say. Anybody else? On my way over here, I opened my Bible and I was reading because it had come to me and I didn't know who it was and so I was looking for it and I was I had my finger in my Bible trying to lock in and got something locked in your Bible, and I was like, yeah, I was just reading on the way over here, and it was what Levi was reading, and it was the exact thing that he was reading, but when I was reading about it, if you humble yourself, and pray, and seek his face, and you turn, you know, you turn from your wicked ways, and you'll hear from heaven, and forgive your sin, and if you read down a little bit below it, like, I wish... I don't know, I wish I put this on a billboard somewhere or something, but it says, but if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land, which I have given them, and this house, which I have sanctified for my name, will I cast out of my sight, and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. I think this is my opinion and everything, but for some reason, this has brought me so close, a lot closer to where I want to be with God, and it's made me realize just how blessed I am, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just for the fact that, you know, he, he died on the cross for me, and he didn't have to, and all he's asking us is, is just to turn our lives over to him, and <coughs> right now, scary time for us, but like Josh said, you know, when it comes that day, it's going to be so much worse, and like I said, with my anxiety, I do go to the grocery store, but it's not bad, it's just the fact that I am so glad that I am saved, and that I am going to be okay, and I just can't get over that, like I tell that to everybody, and I wish everybody could say that, and it's a shame that they can't. And it's a shame that they don't even know what that means. Yeah. And shame on us for not being out there and telling them and doing mm-hmm. I'm just so, I'm so thankful for this church and my family and for my mother for always praying with me and Julie and for my brother and Jeremy bringing the boys when I have to church. Because 
Yeah. Amen. But all these people that are going and dying, you know, and trying to trying to barricade their housing off their own. I joke about it and it's funny, but these people are really doing it and there's no need. I mean, yeah, I bought a lot of food and I'm poor and great. But I'm just gonna eat and protect my safety until my day comes to me, you know? And I'm gonna be okay. But they don't you know, I was thinking, you know, we always read the good parts and we, we get excited about it and all that stuff and and then a little bit further, you know, it, it says, yeah. if you turn away and forsake and mm-hmm. forsake me, I'm going to pluck you out and you're not going to get to go. And I don't have anything to say to you. Yeah. If you can't say that you're so excited that you're not going to be one of those people. Yeah. And you're really just going to be <coughs> And I, I'm here to tell you, I'm not perfect and I make mistakes every yeah. single day. One of the hardest things being a child or an adult is telling your child or being told that I'm disappointed in you. You know, imagine how, that hurts, you know, that does. But imagine how bad it hurts to hear God tell you, depart from me, I never knew you. That hurt a hundred times or more, more pain. That's the, And I don't want to feel that. I don't, I don't want my loved ones to feel that. I mean, that, that that cuts worse than any cut had ever been cut. Mm-hmm. Worse than that two-edged sword. Turning in the Bible. 
Uh, why don't you turn to the book of Matthew to the 16th chapter. And then I also want you to put your finger there and also turn to Luke chapter 8. Appreciate each one of you being here tonight. Uh, while people choose not to attend in these times, um, and we certainly understand if, uh, if you consider yourself at risk uh, uh, during these times to stay at home. As a matter of fact, we encourage you if you feel like that you're at risk uh, of, of <coughs> doing something great to you that you not be able to recuperate from. Uh, we would encourage you to stay at home. So we're going to try this Facebook Live thing for those that might have stayed at home. And uh, sorry, Facebook friends, if it's on, I'm not going to be uh, just staring at the camera. Uh, we're going to just mind the Lord. Uh, so don't let that be a distraction to you. You uh, mind the Lord. But I, I do want to start uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 16 as we talk about these times that we're in. Uh, it, it is a real time that we live in, and we can't turn a blind eye to it, uh, but nor can we be distracted by it. Uh, in Matthew chapter 16, um, we have Simon Peter who is, uh, who's coming and he's talking to the Lord. And Jesus asked him a question in verse 13, he asked, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? There's a question there that is directed. He wants to know what is their stance. Now, we've talked a lot tonight about what we believe, like, like what other people are doing versus what we ought to do. And there's been a lot of conversation about we should seek the Lord. That come up many times tonight yeah. uh, in the first part. We should seek the Lord. But there is a personalization to that. It's not just some random phrase when you read Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7. That's not just speaking in these grand terms. It's speaking specifically. It takes somebody making a decision and following it up with an action for things to change. There's a personal responsibility to following the Lord. And so he asked them specifically. He gets to them, who do you say that I am? It's easy if, it, if Brother Josh says it. It's easy uh, for us to say, I agree with Josh, but do you say it? Yeah. Who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I think that's what Amy's testimony was and some others as well. Wasn't it good to know who he is yeah. personally? Like, not just some God, not just some Savior, not just somebody in a book, but He is the Son of the living God. He Amen. did die on a rugged cross for my sins. I'm glad He died for the whole world, yeah. 
But I'm really glad that he died for my sins. I'm really excited that I'm going to heaven. I hope you're excited that you're going to heaven. Who do you say that he is? And, and so Simon Peter answers, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God, verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. I, and I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and then listen to this, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, I can tell you right now, we live in a time that the devil is doing his very best to prevail against the church. He'd like to destroy the church. He'd like to tear you apart and to tear you down. He'd like for you to be in fear and to lose confidence in who God is. He'd like for you to say this is outside of God's control and that he can't handle it. That's what the devil would love to do. But the Bible tells me that he does not have the power to break down the church. I can tell you, we have agonized with the Lord over knowing what to do. And, and I'm not saying that fearfully. I'm not afraid. I trust in the Lord. I say it as somebody who leads other people. I say that that is a burden and a heavy burden to bear. And, and so I've been praying about, Lord, I know that I can't tear your church apart. The church is a building. It's not a building. And it's not a group of meetings. It's a body of believers. And therefore, I can't shut the doors to the church. Nor do we desire to shut the doors to the church. But I want you to know with certainty in the Word of God, the devil cannot shut the doors to the church. Amen. He cannot. I was, I was going through and, uh, online and I was looking at different things and listening to different preachers preach and just was trying to fill my soul up. And, and I come across a preacher who had shared this with his church and, and I thought it was really interesting. He, he said, you know, this isn't the first time that we've had to overcome. And it's not the first time. Uh, the coronavirus isn't the first time that we've had to overcome. And he began to share this, and I just want to share some of these uh, years with you and what happened in that year. I'm going to go real quickly. In the year 2000, we had Y2K. All the electronics were going to fail, and airplanes were going to fall out of the sky, and all these things were going to happen, right? In 2001, we had September 11th, World Trade Towers, and the Pentagon uh, uh, hit by uh, the people with awful calls and uh, wanted to do harm and damage our country. We had the anthrax scare in 2001. 2002, we had the West Nile virus. 2003, we had SARS. 2004, the great earthquakes and tsunamis that uh, hit the Asian coast. 2005 was bird flu. 2006 was E. coli. 2007, we had 42 tornadoes in Alabama, including eight students who were killed at Enterprise High School when a wall fell on them. 2008, the economy collapsed. 2009, the swine flu. 2010, the BP oil spill. 2011, we had 62 tornadoes that killed 231 people and I think injured over 2,000 people. Uh, 2012, the world was supposed to end. Do y'all remember that? 
Mm -hmm. Mayan calendar says 2012, that's it, no more calendar, y'all are dead after that. And here we still are. 2013, uh, North Korea and all their threats. 2014, we had the Ebola virus. 2015, ISIS. 2016, Zika. And now 2020, coronavirus. Now, I think we've overcome before. I think till the Lord says, come home. We'll overcome again. Amen. Amen. I get two good things out of that list. Two things that, that, that the Lord kind of planted in my heart. Number one, he's still in control. Amen. Amen. Uh, Isaiah 41.10 says this. I love this. Isaiah 41.10, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Boy, that's good right there. Uh, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Fear not. God is in control. If any of those things could have got us, if the devil said, I want to use these things to end the world, they would have got us. But the devil's not in control. The good Lord's in control. The second thing, though, that it made me think about was he's coming back. Luke chapter 21, verses 25 through 28. You don't have to turn there. Uh, we're going to get Luke 8 in just a moment. And Luke 21, 25 through 28 says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now listen to this. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Look, I don't know exactly why this is happening the way it's happening, but it seems like every year just one more thing comes. One more thing comes. And one more thing comes. I wonder when the final thing comes, will we be looking for his return? Yeah. Amen. He's still in control. Yeah. We need to look to him. Let's turn to Luke chapter 8. And I'm going to leave just a quick thought with you. I'm, I'm not going to be too long, I don't believe. I believe the Lord has said a lot tonight in our first part. Uh, and I, I believe that he's said enough to save the world if they could just hear there is a Savior who loves them. There is a Savior who will give them a place of safety and security. If they would just hear that, uh, they could be safe too. In Luke chapter 8, in the 22nd verse, starting in the 22nd verse, read about four verses, and then we will do what God gives us, and we'll close after that. Verse 22 now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. There's Jesus in the boat, asleep. I believe that there's some people today that might think that he's asleep on the world. Yeah. That, that this thing that's going on is out of his control. That, that he must not care enough 
that he would do something and let all this happen. But, but what they miss is what really that means. Why was Jesus asleep in the boat? You ever think about that question? Why was he asleep in the boat? Well, let's read the rest of the story. And then maybe the Lord uh, will shine some light there. As he, as he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. You know, I think when we read that scripture and we see that Jesus was asleep, it's easy to think that maybe that means he was unconcerned. But I think it means something very different. I think it means, number one, that it didn't concern him what was going on. In other words, uh, this whole virus doesn't have the Lord frustrated. This virus thing and all of these other troubles in the land don't worry the Savior. In other words, it's not too big a problem that he can't handle it. When, when he calmed the storm, they said, and there's an exclamation point in my Bible, I don't know if yours has, what manner of man is this. And really that's what we ought to be saying. What manner of Jesus do we have? Do we serve? Do we live for? That this is not a problem for him. It's not a problem for him. I think the second reason was not only was it something that did not concern him. And when I say did not concern him, he wasn't overwhelmed by it. And the second point being, because he went to sleep, they had to go to him. Amen. They had to go to him. He wasn't right there. They waited, listen, they waited to the point that, listen, it says that they were in jeopardy. Y'all know what that means, right? It's not just a game show. Yeah. It means that that their lives really felt like like they might lose them, that they might slip away, that they waited so long. It goes on and says uh, that they said to him, Master, Master, we perish. We're dying. Listen, they waited so long to go to the Lord when he was in the boat the whole time. Can I tell you, he's still in the boat. He, he didn't get away from us. He's not so far away that you can't get to where he's at. What we need really is to go to him. Amen. That's really what we need more than anything else. Right now, in all the chaos, what we need more than anything is somebody who can actually do something about it. Amen. You can turn the news on, and I'm not saying watching the news is bad, but the people you're watching can't do anything with it. I'm not saying we don't have good doctors and that God hasn't blessed them. I thank God for those doctors. I thank God for the work that they're doing. But they can't undo the storm. But he can. 
can they slow the tide? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the, the precautions and steps that we're trying to take will slow it down and maybe it will help somebody. But he can speak a word. He, he, can, he can get right in there and say, peace, be still. He can get in the middle of the storm and say, that's enough. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Amen. Praise the Lord. We don't have to have all the answers. What we have to do is go to the one who can do something about it. What we need to do is cling to the one who has the answers. What we need is somebody who can say, peace, be still, and peace come across the storm. Verse 25 ends with this, and I'm about to to finish up. And they being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and water, and they obeyed him. Why is it that we are continually surprised by who the Lord is? These were disciples that were with him. These were the disciples that had seen him do miracles. Yeah, they were surprised. Let me tell you what happens. I'll speak for myself. We trust him when the storm's there. When the storm goes away, we do it ourselves. And we become so reliant on ourselves that when the next storm comes our way and we call it, we just can't believe he did it again. When truly what we should have done was trust him all the way through. And that's the problem. We have relationships with the Lord that look like this. And can I tell you, when you have a relationship with the Lord that looks like this, what you might find is is that you wait too long and the peril comes and gets you. Church, we can't do that. We can't develop this kind of up and down relationship with the Lord and then expect that we can get a hold of the altar and call him when we're in a, when we're in a time of need. Uh, the, the old story that was told to children uh, for years and years is the boy who cried wolf. You know what he had was is he had a problem with, with what he really was living out. He didn't have a truthful life. And so then when it come time and he really had a need, he couldn't get the people to come and help him because he didn't have a life that was really truthful. Can I say in our Christian walks we need to have a life that's really truthful. When we say we love the Lord, when we say we live for the Lord, we really ought to. Amen. So Jesus asked in the scripture that we read at the beginning, who do you say that I am? Who do you really believe he is tonight? Who do you really think is going to take care of this problem? Think about it. Who are we really, who are we really trusting in? And now I want you to know that don't make the don't make the task any easier as far as leading the church. I know right now across this land there are people criticizing pastors and deacons. I mentioned this to my my group of young deacons. I, I mentioned it to them. There there are people that are criticizing them left and right. It's not easy. It's not easy to lead. But instead of talking and bringing them down. What we ought to do is carry them to the Lord. 
Lord, let, help them lift them up. Give them the direction that they ought to go and let them know which ways to walk and so that they can choose right for your kingdom. We're all working for the same Lord. And we're all going to the same heaven. And so let's pray for them. Pray for one another. Lift one another up. And when the boat begins to rock, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. That's where we're going to find our hope anyway. That's the only one that can do anything about it. You know what I'm waiting for? Listen, I, I believe all these things happen. I believe we're going to make it through the other side. I believe we're coming through this storm. There's two ways we can do it. The Lord can say, peace, and this thing's over with. Or the Lord can say, boat, you're going to hold together. Are y'all with me? Whichever way, as long as he stays in the boat with me, I'm okay. Either way, church, no matter what this looks like for us, as long as he's in the boat, we're good to go. Maybe he'll say peace. Maybe he'll say boat, hold together. We got to ride this thing out. Either way, let's go with Jesus. That's our only hope. It's our only chance. It's, our, it's the only thing that we can do is stay with Jesus. He's the only one that's got the answer. Amen. Amen. Tonight, we have, a, we have our service in just a minute for our, our meeting, and we'll do that. But before we get to that, I'd like for us to have a time of prayer. I'd like us to go to the Lord. I'd like for us to lean on Him. I'd like for us to all, if we could, gather around this altar and pray. Seek God out. Go to the Master. If the Master wake up, it's time. We need you, and now's the time we need you. I, I, I don't believe you have to be uh, in a church house to pray. You can be anywhere and pray. And now I believe more than ever, we need time. We need time to pray. Uh, I believe we need time to seek out the Master. And, and I don't believe we need to wait until it's too late. So if you would, all that are able,